0: you this morning about bad boys of the Bible. Bad boy, bad boy. what are you going to do when he comes for you? <laughs> bad boys. <laughs> I think a lot of times we think, uh, I think a lot of bad boys, they think they're bad, but most bad boys that think they're bad aren't really that bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm, there was a couple guys. They, they was uh, uh, Jewish students, and they were st- studying the Talmud, and uh, they they kind of messed up. And so they went back, went to the rabbi, and uh, they told him, said, well, "We just kind of we we just really messed up." And the rabbi was like, "What? What'd you do?" He said, "Well, we <sighs> so embarrassing, but we looked at a woman, uh, and we had lust." In our minds, and and the, the the rabbi, he's like, man, I can't believe y'all did that, and you know, you, you, you y'all got to stop. But you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to have something to help you to remember not to ever do that again. And they're like, man, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And so he said, what I'm I'm gonna have, what you're gonna have to do? He says, am you have to get some peas and put them in your shoe, and you're gonna have to walk around for a week with peas in your shoe and every step you take when that hurts you think about how hot hell is and what a problem it is if you keep sinning like that and they're like okay we'll do that for sure so they they go through the week and it comes about that fifth or sixth day and and one of the students walks by the other student and the one one student he's just like his seat his feet are so sore he can't hardly walk the other one, he's just walking like there ain't no problem at all. He's just happy as he can be. And the, the the student that was hurting and hobbling, he said, "I can't believe that you didn't do what the what the rabbi said. You must not be you must must not be a very good Jew." And uh, he said, "No, no, no, no. I did. I did exactly what he said. I put the I put the peas in my shoes, but the only thing was that I cooked them before I put them in there." <laughs> Some people are not near as serious about things as other people. And some people try to get out of things just so they can get what they want. But sometimes we have to go through things, through some hard things in life, so that we can get what God wants and so we can be who we really need to be. I'm going to tell you something. It's not all about having everything you want. I talk to kids all the time, and they're just like, what do you want? Well, we just want to have fun. Just want to have fun. You know, and uh, life is fun, but it's not just fun. Uh, Cindy Lauper wasn't, didn't have it all together when she said, girls just want to have fun. It wasn't like. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Excuse me. I want to talk to you this morning about Saul and Saul's conversion. There's there's like three main characters in our message today. It's it's Saul, and you remember Saul. He's the one that God turned his name into Paul, and he wrote over two thirds of the New Testament. But this is about the conversion of Saul, and then there is a, a prophet named Ananias that God used, and then uh, obviously God is the most important character in this story. So Acts chapter 9, beginning of verse 9, it says, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Saul bringing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus so that if if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So here we got, we've got a murderer going to the leaders of the church asking for a letter to go beat up on the Christians. Verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, suddenly, a light shone down, shone around him from heaven. Everybody say, from heaven. The light shone down him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Because you know when God's church gets persecuted, you're persecuting God as well. God takes it serious when the church, you the church, we the church, when we're persecuted, he is persecuted along with us. He said, why are you persecuting me? Oh, by the way, he knew the bad boy's name. He knew his name and God knows your name. He knows my name. Because no matter whether we are born again or not, whether our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, whether we've accepted Christ or not, God still knows your name, and he's calling us by name and saying, I want you to be a part of my kingdom. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't shut us out when we get stupid? <laughs> Thank God. He says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he said, Saul said, Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? (laughs) Like, God knew Saul's name, but Saul didn't know God's name. Whether you know the name of Jesus or not, Jesus still knows your name. Whether you say the name of Jesus, and I just encourage all Christians, I'm going to parenthetically say this, that if you are a follower of Christ, don't be afraid to use the name of Jesus when it's proper to use the name of Jesus. We got way too many people on television, on, uh, in the movies, and in our world today that is taking God's name in vain. We need more Christian people that uses God's name in a good way. Help us. We as Christians, if we don't speak the name of Jesus in the right context, nobody else is. He said, who are you, Lord? Well, he knew he was Lord because he slapped him down to the ground. All of a sudden, he wasn't that much of a bad boy. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. What he was saying is, Saul, you're hurting yourself more than you're hurting the Christian people. Because when you kill a Christian, they just die and go to heaven. When you do this, you're sealing your fate for eternity. Kick against a goad. What's a goad? I thought you'd never ask. A goad is a thorn. I mean, we've got thorns in our in in this area of our world, and those thorns are inch and a half. I mean, they will pop a tractor tire pretty quick. And uh, a goad is a thorn. And what what they would do is that. A lot of oxen. When they were pulling carts, they would kick the hame of the of the the how they would get hitched up, and they kick that hame and they break that hame, and then it, they wouldn't be able to pull the cart, and uh, they would just. So what they would do, they would wrap the hame of the harness with goads, and when the Oxwood, would, yeah, right, I see what you said. When the ox would kick the hay, they would actually kick the thorns. And he said, Saul, all you're doing is kicking against them thorns, and you're just hurting yourself. <laughs> Anybody been there and done that? I mean, messed yourself up, and you kept kicking against there, and you're like, "Huh." Oh. I don't know why this hurts so bad. Well, just stop it. I don't know why I'm getting sick from all this. I don't know what's going on. Just don't kick against the ghost. And so Jesus said, hey, Saul, stop it. It's hard for you. So he trembling and astonished, Saul was trembling and astonished. We would be too, right? Said, Lord, I love this. I love this, love it, love it. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? This is the same guy that was so indoctrinated with evil, and God knocked him to the ground, and all of a sudden something happened in the heart of a man, and he said, Lord, I'm done doing what I want to do. I'm done doing what the the church leaders told me to do that were out in left field too. God, what do you want? want me to do. The Lord said to him, get up. Well, he didn't say get up. He said, arise. Go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed, journeyed with him stood speechless. Of course they did. Hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. He was blind, he couldn't see. But they led him by the hand, this this big, this brutal killer of the Christian. They led him by the hand. You talk about a humbling time for Saul. led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank for three days. Stuff was happening on the inside of Saul. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus, and his name was Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and Ananias said, here I am, Lord. Y'all stay with me, this is, this is so good. He said, Ananias, and Ananias, and he's a prophet, he's the, he's the, he's the guy, and, and he said, isn't it funny how we say the right things when God's around? Well, he is always around, but we don't always treat it like he's always around. Yeah. So he said, here am I, Lord. Stay with me. Stay with me. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Can you imagine the wheels in Ananias' head when he said Saul of Tarsus because everybody knew who Saul of Tarsus was. He had him a reputation for killing the Christians. And now he's praying, and I can imagine Ananias thinking, did you ever tell God, talk to the hand? I'm sure not, I'm sure not. But he said he's praying, and I, I imagine Ananias. Whenever God told him he was praying, Ananias thinking in his mind, like, "Is this the same guy I'm thinking about?" Because if it is, <laughs> in a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered. Now, after he gets all this information. Ananias speaks up and he says, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. I know that you, you probably haven't got the news yet who this guy really is. So I'm going to tell, tell you who Saul is. I know you're God and everything, and I know you know everything, but apparently you haven't heard about this guy. And he's not praying. He's killing Christians. And so I'm just going to let you in on this news. I'm sure you've never done that. (coughs) Excuse me. And, And then it says, verse 14, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Well, that was a far cry from Lord, here I am, here am I, send me. So when God actually tells you what the plan is after you you say, Lord, here I am, send me, and then God brings this on you, what are you going to say after that? When it's hard and when it's tough, find somebody else. Verse 15, but the Lord said go for he has chosen. Did you notice that God didn't argue with Ananias? He just said go. So well, let me let me give you a little counseling here. And let's just talk this over a little bit. And I just want you to feel good about this decision that, that I'm asking you to make. And I just hope that you feel feel good about this because I don't want to offend you with, with and just you no, know, no. God said go. Yeah. In our culture, if we're not careful, we want to be handled with kid gloves. And I'm gonna tell you something, and we're not entitled this bad boys. What I'm talking about, God wants some tough men that'll do what God tells these tough men to do. And men need to be men. Men need to be manly, and women need to be womanly. Is that a word? I don't know, but you know what I mean, right? But we need to stand up for who we are and who God called us to be. And when he says, I got something hard for you to do, still say, here I am, Lord. Send me these guys looking for a few good men and women. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentile kings and Children of Israel, for I will show him how many things. Stay with me. Listen listen to this. Don't leave me now. Listen to this part. Verse 16, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. Oh, he's going to be all excited about this because you're going to be the one that tells him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. Just go and tell him that. You know, he'll, he'll love that. I grew up. And not grown, I mean, part of my life was spent in the late 70s and the 80s and the 90s, and it's still around to a degree, but there's a, (coughs) excuse me, there's a, what our church circles calls a word of faith people, word of faith pastors, word of faith preachers, word of faith. I want to say something to you in the word of faith movement they want to talk to you a lot about Jeremiah 29 11 which is great for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you everybody wants to hear about the prosper word everybody loves that prosper word plans to prosper you not to harm you to give you hope for your future Those are beautiful words, and those are true words. But there also has to be another side of it that God brought to Paul. He said, tell Paul how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And if we're not careful, the word of faith movement in some circles, they say, if you have suffering and if you have problems, it's because of sin in your life. Let me tell you something. That's hogwash. It's just Hogwas Well, you come to a, a Cowboy Church. We just talk like that around here. <laughs> let me tell you what what happens though, is if you buy into that without the balance, see, see there's a ditch on both sides of the road on one side of the road. It's like the truth without grace, and they're just going to hammer it and, and everything to, everything that Saul believed to be true. Was part of the Old Testament, but it, he only picked out the harshness of the Old Testament, and he went with that because he thought he was doing God's will. So we have to have a balance. And I would just say this put it this way I believe that everybody here got here in a vehicle everybody drove a car or a truck or whatever you drove and in that car there is a battery i almost brought one today just to illustrate i should have done it but imagine there's a battery up here and on this battery there's a positive post and a negative post You hook that positive post up and you unhook the negative post, your car won't start. You hook up the negative post and unhook the positive post, your car won't start. You hook up the positive and the negative post together, your car will start. You have the positive without the negative. It's not the balanced word of God. Or you have the negative without the positive. It's not the balanced word of God either. You have to have the whole counsel of the word of God. And I, I think there's somebody here that needs to hear this. I think there's somebody watching online that you're just like, oh, ooh, ooh, never heard that before. I'm saying, he, I've never in my entire life in 68 years have I ever heard any preacher ever talk about the things that we must suffer if we choose to follow Jesus. I've never heard it before, but I'm going to tell you the truth. If you're serious about God, there's going to be some times when friends are going to make fun of you. They're going to, they're not going to appreciate the fact that you won't cuss with them, that you won't drink with them, that you won't do the drugs with them. They're, they're not going to appreciate that you're not a cussing just like they are cussing because your mere presence convicts them, and the Holy Spirit uses your presence to them to, as a witness for the cause of Christ. Not everybody's going to appreciate it. There are some things that you're going to have to suffer should you choose to follow Jesus the way he called you to follow follow Jesus it's going to happen if you didn't know it I'm pretty passionate about that <coughs> excuse me verse 17 it says "And Ananias went his way and entered the house did you catch that even in the middle of all the apprehension that Ananias had he was still obedient It's okay, I mean, just tell you, it's okay to have apprehension, but still do what he calls you to do. It's okay not to understand everything about what God's asked you to do. It's okay, but that's where faith kicks in. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Ananias trusted God more than he trusted his own innovations and fear of Saul. That's a good word. So he, Ananias went his way, and he entered the house. I really like this. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul. Ananias said, hey, Brother Saul. <laughs> and I imagine he, he was saying that in case there was a little bit of uh, animosity in Saul. That were, you know, hey, we're, we're brothers here, Brother Saul. Either that or it was just bold. I don't know. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. Amen. It's a great word. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. He didn't need an explanation. He was like, whatever it is, God, you have for me. Just like I was in on the other side, I'm in on this side, and you just tell me what you want me to do, I'm all there. You gotta love that. Verse 19, so when he received food and was strengthened... Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately, everybody say immediately again. (coughs) Immediately, (coughs) he preached the Christ in the synagogue that he is the son of God. He went back to the same synagogue to the people, the Sanhedrin, who had sent him out to kill Christians, and he went back to them and told them that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Can you imagine the Sanhedrin mouth falling wide open? We just lost our man. I'm gonna tell you something. When God gets a hold of you, when God changes your heart, sometimes you got to get knocked down before you can get up thank god for the valley sometimes because you don't really grow that much on the mountaintops but when you get down in the valleys and you say oh god I don't understand why I don't see what's going on. I don't understand. My eyes are blinded. I don't get it. And then when we do understand, because we've gone through the problems and we've gone through a little bit of that suffering, then we can walk to the mountaintops and we can look back at all the things that God brought us through and the things that he didn't leave us in. Then we can overcome because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave his life for us we're gonna suffer through some things but he said he'd never leave us never forsake us if he'd be a friend that'd stick closer than a brother god's on your side he wants for you so much more than you could ever imagine immediately he preached you say well how could he preach here's here's what happened Saul already knew God. He already knew the Talmud. He had sat at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the greatest teachers in Jewish history. Paul sat at his feet. But the problem was, Paul only heard what Paul wanted to hear when he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He only heard because of his bitterness and his anger, Whatever for whatever reason, he only heard the bad things. He didn't hear the full counsel of the truth of the word of God, and we can sit in church for years and decades on end and only hear what we want to hear and uh, pick and choose what we're going to believe and pick and choose what we're not going to believe when the When the entire word of God is being preached, we still have to make up our mind. Am I going to believe what God says, or am I going to pick and choose what I want to believe? And you see, there's going to be some issues and some problems if we are not willing to completely follow Christ and say, God, I'm really not in charge. You're in charge. What do you want me to do? And uh, I'm going to get baptized. I can't get off of that for some reason this morning. Is this not the man? It says, then they all heard and were amazed and said, is this not the man who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? They're like, who is this guy? We don't even know who this is. I think he needs counseling. Not the same man. Jesus will never leave you the way he finds you. Aren't you glad for that? He, oh, man. He lived beyond my faults and saw my needs. Amazing grace will always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty I'll never know how much he came to love me so because he looked beyond all of my faults and saw what I needed. I'm so grateful for that. Verse 22, but Saul increased all the more. He increased. He didn't decrease like the stock market. He increased. He increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus Proving, everybody say proving, Proving. that Jesus is the Christ. And that's our job as born-again believers to prove that he is the Christ. (coughs) Briefly, I want to take a quick look at Saul's life. He was very religious to start with. He was very religious, blameless according to the law of Moses, a Pharisee among the Pharisees. He was the most religious of the religious very zealous for the faith of his fathers and absolutely convinced that he was doing the will of God. Woo. Number two, he had a rich heritage, a Jew among the Jews, born into the tribe of Benjamin. Number three, he was well-educated, as I talked about before, set at the feet of Gamaliel, one of Israel's greatest teachers in that day, Number four, he was ambitious. I think we can all relate to that. Advancing quickly up the ranks of the Pharisees and had the ability, the desires, and the talent far above his peers. Whatever he was going to do, he was going to be the best at it. Number five, he was full of bitterness and hate, hatred. He hated anything and anyone who could be a threat to the things that he believed. I'm gonna tell you something. If we would take a poll today of everybody in this room, everybody watching online, there would be some things that we would disagree about. Y'all looking at me like, oh no, we all agree. No, we don't all agree. That's the reason there's so many different religions, honestly. It's not that God is confused about what he believes. It's that man is confused about what God says. Yeah, right. yeah. And we, man doesn't read the whole counsel of the Word of God. And and, and people, I mean, I'm going to tell you what, you. every religion has part of the Word of God in it. There is a partial of truth in every religion because in order for anybody to buy into it, Make no mistake, in order for anybody to buy into any religion, there has to be a grain of truth in that religion. But what happens is man mingles his ideas and his agendas into the truth of God. And when those agendas line up with other people's agendas that they make up, they make up a new religion because they want to have the sin in their life, but they want to justify it themselves, so they say, Well, everybody else is wrong, and I'm right. But it's not built on the whole counsel of the word of God. So what Paul thought, Paul thought that he was right. He was completely convinced to the point where he needed to kill the Christians in order for the the, 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 the Torah to be fulfilled, which is the Old Testament. He, he didn't believe in that God has seen his only begotten son. But the parts that are interesting is that if he would have studied the entire Old Testament, he would have known, if he'd read Isaiah, where it talks about he were, he'd be, he was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed if he would have had the whole counsel, even of the old testament he would not have bought into it but he only looked for the bitter angry things the things that made him angry there's a lot of christians today that are angry bitter people they have the truth in them but nobody wants to be around them because they're they're just They're angry about the truth. There's no grace with the truth. And you see, the only thing that will change a person's life, you'll never win anybody to the Lord by making them mad. Love never fails. So when we have the truth with grace and we bring love with that, that's when people in our community, that's when our families, that's when our kids, begin to follow us because we have no agenda other than what jesus has said he was a loyal man he he followed the rules he sought permission and the approval of high priests before he acted if the if the preacher said it was okay it must be okay let me tell you something if i ever say something that's that's not of the word of god or in the word of god Don't do it. Don't just trust me to give you all the answers for everything. You get in there and you prove what is right in the word of God because we can't be completely leaning on one person. The apostle Paul said this. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. If I'm doing something that is in the word of God and I'm preaching the word of God, do that. But if I ever get out in left field, don't follow me. So Saul thought he was he thought he was on his way to do the will of God, to turn Christians in, and if convicted, they'd be killed as they traveled to Damascus. Have you ever thought that you was have you ever wound up someplace? but you didn't really expect to go there and you didn't know really, I mean, like, how did I get here? Now I know all you, you, you planning people, some of you planning people, you're like, well, oh, I don't understand how that can happen. Well, for you, for you who are more like me and you're just like, years ago, I was, I was uh, going to a rodeo in Clovis, California and I had to fly out of Denver, had a layover in Salt Lake City uh, in Salt Lake City, I stayed on the plane because I didn't want to miss a plane. So I stayed on the plane and uh, and landed in California. And they said, "Welcome to Orange County Airport." Nodded on. I had two hours before my next flight went, so I went and got breakfast and. I went and looked at the at the board to see when my next flight left, and it wasn't on the it wasn't on the board. So I went and talked to the lady. I said, "My flight is not on the board here, and I don't. I, I think there's a mistake here." She said, well, "Let me see your ticket." And she looked at my ticket. I'll never forget what she said when she looked at my ticket. She said, "Mr. Weaver, do you know where you're at?" <laughs> well, I'm like, "Yeah, San Francisco." Orange County Airport for those of you who don't know Orange County Airport is not in San Francisco it's in Los Angeles area and um, I'm like she's like I said well I don't know what's going on here but I not I need to be in Clovis at two o'clock because that's when the rodeo starts she says well You need to get LAX because they can get a flight there, like ten minutes before the rodeo starts. So, she said the only way you can do that is get on a bus and take a bus from Orange County Airport to uh, LAX. So, get me on a bus. We tour Knott's Berry (laughs) Farm, Disneyland. I'm not kidding. You can't make this stuff up. And I'm sweating bullets. I'm like, oh. And I looked so looked forward to this. And, and I thought I had everything right. I thought everything was perfect. And I was so prepared. And, uh, I mean, they'd get them people in and off the bus at them resorts. And I was like, man. <sighs> Finally got the LAX standby. Finally, they let me on. Me and another bull rider. He was late, too had the preacher's wife pay me up at the airport and I jumped out of the car when we got to the rodeo and they were calling my name. They were calling my name when I got out of the car. I ran and jumped on a horse. I had, a, had that set up, thank God. Jumped on a horse that I borrowed. Nothing went well at all, though. I thought I was ready and I thought I was prepared. But I wasn't. And it got past me. I had a had a friend of mine this past week I was talking to him a little bit about this and he used to he used to drink a lot and did drugs and just I mean, Jesus got a hold of him and changed everything but, but he used to just I mean it's a wonder he's alive because of the stories he tells you and he told me, he said that there was one time whenever he, he, was, he was high and drunk and, and he said he called his wife because he knew he couldn't, he, uh, he, he needed help to get home. And so he called his wife, he said, he said, honey, I need for you to come get me. He said, just, I know, I know, but, but I just need you to come get me. And uh, she said, well, okay, well, where are you? And he said, uh, I don't know i don't know where i'm at she's like well how can i come get you if i don't know where you're at because i don't know but i don't know where i'm at and and, you know we kind of laughed about it because it's hindsight and, and he loves jesus and he's he's all that's over but i think if we're not careful It's like Saul, he didn't know. He didn't know how, what a a terrible thing he was doing. He just didn't know. And I prayed a prayer about three years ago. And I've told you all this before. But I prayed this prayer. I said, what, I asked God, I said, what deception have I bought into? Because I would submit to you that No offense here, but just about everybody here has bought into an offense at some level. Unless you know everything, you got it all figured out, then you ought probably ought to come up and preach. But if you've bought into if you bought into a deception, you don't even know it. You know why? Because you're deceived. So I just wanna challenge you because we can go to church day in and day out and that was, Saul had it all figured out. He was a church person. But I wanna challenge you. The greatest gift that you can give yourself, one of the greatest gifts is the gift of being humble and teachable. If If you think you already know it, you think you already got it figured out, I can't help you, God can't even help you. you're too smart for them in your eyes and that's where saul was but what i want to say to you at some degree we all have work to do when we say god and that's the reason we get up we there's a reason i get up every morning and get before god kneel down on my knees and pray and read my bible because i don't have it all figured out but he does i need him perpetually every moment Of every day because he knows and there's a lot of things that I don't know and you know what I'm good with it he'll show me what he wants to show me if he says go go get Saul we'll just go hear my Lord but I hope you go with me and he will amen I love y'all let's pray thank you Lord for your word thanks for helping us Lord this morning I thank you Lord for the great example of bringing this terrible, terrible person into your kingdom and making him one of the greatest examples in, in, in biblical history of being available and, and that you spoke your word to him and as you breathed your word into him that he wrote almost two-thirds of the new testament this murderer that a lot of church people would have just turned their backs on turned his life around and made it amazing because of your transformation help us lord jesus to always make our lives available to you i'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second if you've never accepted Christ as your personal savior, the scripture says we've all sinned, we've all come short of the glory of God. But Jesus said this, he said, behold, I stand at the door knock. If anyone open, I'll come in and be with them. You see, God wants to be a part of your life. He wants to come into your heart and for, to, to help you walk through life and give you direction. If you've never accepted him as your personal savior, the greatest gift you could ever have is a gift of a relationship with the God that made you. So this morning, if you've never done that, or maybe if you have, you just really haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Yeah, thank you. I want to put a Bible in your hand. Leave your hand up until we get a Bible in it. Yeah, anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Yeah. 30. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I want miss anybody. Amen. If you raise your hand, would you mind looking up at me? If you raise your hand, would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? Would you mind? I mean, if you want to, if you don't want to, that's fine. Amen. How about this little boy? You could come with him. Okay. We're good. So look here. Here's what we're gonna do. Let's all pray this prayer. And if you mean it in your heart, God will come into your heart. And there may be some people who didn't raise your hand, but I'm telling you, if you accept Christ this morning as your personal savior, it'll be a great, great gift that you gave yourself. Yeah? Hey my buddy. How are you? Good. What's your name? What is it? Memphis, All right, that's good. Can I pray with you, Memphis? All right, I'm going to pray with y'all too, okay? Y'all just help us pray. Can, can you repeat after me, Memphis? Can you say, Dear Lord Jesus? Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. For my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me invite you into my heart. Help me to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can I have a hug? Thank you, Thank you so much. Beautiful. Beautiful. would you stand with me please <laughs> <clears throat> the, and honestly this is to me this has been more of a, a introspective message where we look at our our own lives and and it's been... Also, a message that 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 God does know your name. He cares about you. He loves you. Um, I want to pray for you, though, and I just want to pray that 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 you would realize how much value you have in the kingdom of God and what God's called you to do. That He's already made you capable of doing that. Is it immediately? He went and preached the gospel. So whatever God's called you to do. He's, he'll make a way for you. Somebody said it this way one time. They said that God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. He qualifies the called. And if 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 you've accepted him as your personal savior, you've been called. And because you've been called, he qualified you. So let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Let's raise our hands to heaven and surrender to him. Lord, we surrender our hearts and our lives to you. I thank you, Lord, for every, every individual here, every mom and every daddy, every, every lady, every man, every son and every daughter. I pray, Lord, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray that you'd give us boldness, oh God, to go out and to, to to share you with the world out there that that is so desperate and so hungry and starving for the truth. I Thank you, Lord, that you said the truth has set us free. So Lord, help us as a church to, to share that truth. With our family, our friends, our neighbors, oh God, the people that we work with, that would we'll be faithful to you. Thank you for the victory that overcomes the world. And we thank you, Lord, that there ain't no bad boy in this world that you can't change. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. We sure do love you. We got a prayer team up here if you need special prayer. Love to have you.